Jonah chapter 2, verse 3, For thou hast cast me into the deep, and in the midst of the seas and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. This is part 5 in our series on Jonah as we continue our journey through the book of Jonah. Verse 3 says, For thou hast cast me into the deep. Again, some a theme we have repeated over and over again so far. For thou hast cast me into the deep. God is in control. God is in control of our circumstances. Jonah is acknowledging that though it was the sailors that literally threw him into the sea, Jonah knew it was God that had done it. For thou hast cast me into the sea, into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Notice Jonah says, thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Jonah here is acknowledging that his punishment came from God. It wasn't by chance, it wasn't something that just happened. Jonah acknowledges his punishment came by God. Also indicated in that phrase, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. You see here the surges of the seas. Uh, here is an eloquent description of the violent and horror of the seas into which Jonah was cast. Tossed his body. It was significant terrors he went through during this time. His soul was distressed from God and says, thy waves. Jonah is seeing God's hand and God's sovereignty in all of this. He's intimating that as he prayed for what he knew his God could do for him. Now let's go to verse 4. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Notice the confidence Jonah had here. He's in the belly of the whale. He says, I will look again toward thy holy temple. Jonah had full confidence in God. Jonah had full confidence in God getting him out of this situation he was in. He had full confidence in God. Even though he hadn't seen anything, any type of answer to any prayer yet, Jonah still had full confidence in God. Do we have that kind of confidence in God? Or do we doubt God sometimes? Do we have total confidence in God's will? Total confidence that God will work out things according to the best for us. Do we have total confidence that God has our best in mind? That God has his will in mind? Do we fully and truly believe what Romans 8.28 says? Do we really believe Romans 8.28? Can we really say that and believe it? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Jonah had faith in that. Jonah had faith in that thought. Jonah had faith in that truth. In the midst of the belly, in the midst of the sea, in the middle of the, 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 the great whale, the great fish's belly, I will look again toward thy temple. Jonah had full confidence in what God was doing in his life. Do we have that kind of confidence or do we have some doubts with what God is doing in our life? We need to get rid of those doubts. We need to confess those doubts. We need to repent of those doubts and just place our faith and full trust in God, full trust in Christ. Believe Romans 8.28, claim Romans 8.28, and live out Romans 8.28 in our life. I will look again toward thy holy temple. Looking at verse 4 some more, first part of it says, Then, through his word, with us ordinarily would denote time, yet here it denotes order, connection, then. With myself, I thought in the midst of my fears and sufferings, Jonah saying, Then I am cast out of thy sight, cut off from all hope, of all life among men, rejected, forsaken, forgotten by God, or so he thought, left to die, so he thought. Thus he was racked with the sense of a present danger from the presence of God, present danger because of the displeasure of God, but he never lost his confidence in God. Yet I will look again. His faith begins to recover. 
He has that full confidence back with God, that full hope that God will answer his prayers, that full hope that God will see him through this terrible situation he's in. Towards thy holy temple, where the ark of the covenant, where the mercy seat, where the propitiatory sacrifices are offered, where is where God's high priest is. It is a great type of our Redeemer, a great type of our Mediator, of our Savior, by whom sin is expediated, sinners are pardoned, grace and favor communicated, where God commands his blessings for our life evermore. He will look again to that hope. He will look again to that temple. He will claim that he will see that temple. He will see God again. Do we claim that? Do we claim that we are going to see God one day? Do we act like we are going to be living in eternity with Christ? Do we act like that? Do we live for that? Do we pray that? Do we have that hope? Do we long for that like Jonah was here in this situation? Now let's go on and look at verse 5. It says, The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. When Jonah was cast into the sea, the waters surrounded him, even to the soul of his life. He was reduced to the condition of dying, or so he thought. The, the seaweeds were wrapped around his head, either while he was in the water or when he was swallowed by the fish. And he was carried to the bottom of the sea, a deep-rooted base of those mountains that formed the shore. He seemed as effectually precluded from all hope of deliverance, and he had been buried in the center of the earth, in perpetual rocks and hills and barriers, a tomb, an eternal tomb, so he thought. Thus the Lord Jesus, having endured the wrath of the Father due to our sins, was laid in a new sepulcher, hewn out of rock, closed with a large stone, sealed and guarded by Roman soldiers. Yet from that pit of corruption, he was brought forth alive by the power of God, without having seen corruption. When Jonah's heart fainted through terror and distress, he remembered the Lord. He remembered the Lord's power. He remembered the Lord's mercy. He remembered the truth of his word. His prayer was heard in heaven. He was accepted, and he was delivered. Moving on to verse 6. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from, my, from corruption, O Lord my God. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. This could be literally understood. The fish followed the slanting base of the mountains till they terminated a plain at the bottom of the great deep, and that is where Jonah was swallowed up. Also, it says the earth with her bars. Jonah represents himself as a prisoner in a dungeon, closed in with the bars which he could not remove, and which at first appeared to be forever, appeared to be his eternal sentence, the place where his life would end. Yet hast thou brought up my life. The substance of this poetic prayer was composed while in the fish's belly. And once Jonah was on dry land, he wrote it down so we can learn from it. And it lasted the ages since then. When my soul fainted, when I had given up all hope of life, my prayer came in unto thee. Here his prayer is personified. It represents, is representative as a messenger going from the distressed and entering into the temple of God, or going to the very presence of God, standing before God. This is a very fine and delicate image. Let's think about this thought. Let's seela this for a moment. Our prayers, when we pray them, no matter where we are, if they are sincere, if we are right with God, go to the very throne of God. Our prayers go to the very midst of heaven, and God hears them there, and God receives them there, and God will answer them for us. Our prayers go to heaven. Just think about that. Grasp that thought. When we pray, that goes straight to the throne of God. And the end of that verse says, Unto thine holy temple, 
literally this would mean the temple in Jerusalem, but Jonah here is speaking and referring to the temple of God's glory, the temple in heaven, God in heaven, his throne. That's where he's saying this prayer is going to quite an incredible thought. Now let's look at verse 8. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Jonah here is including himself among those who forsake God's mercy for idols. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Jonah's talking about himself, referring to himself as one who forsook the mercy of God. He left the mercy of God and ran in a different direction, ran in the opposite direction of God's will. And look at what running in the opposite direction of God's will did for Jonah. It got him in the midst of the storm. It got those that he brought into this, that he was included into this running from God. It caused them hurt. It caused them damage. It caused them loss. They had to go through a storm themselves. And Jonah's in the belly of the whale for three days. All of this because Jonah ran from God. All of this because Jonah forsook the mercy of the Lord. Because Jonah decided to do it his way. He didn't want to listen to God. He didn't want to do what God wanted him to do with his life. He wanted to do something different. He wanted to do it his own way. He didn't want to listen to God. He didn't want to do what God was telling him to do. He didn't want to surrender to God's will for his life. He wanted to do what Jonah wanted to do. Jonah wanted to do what Jonah wanted to do, and he ran from God. And it not only affected him, it affected those around him, and it caused nothing but trouble and trials and storms for him and for those around him. When we sin, when we go against God's will, it does not only affect us, it does not only hurt us, it hurts those around us. It hurt those, those involved in our life. It's, we do not sin in a vacuum. We do not rebel against God in a vacuum. We do not rebel against his will for our life in a vacuum. It affects those around us. And they will be going through that storm, going through that trial, caused by our rebellion, caused by our refusal to submit to God's will. They will have ramifications that they have to go through that they have to deal with themselves. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Now let's look at verse 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Look at Jonah says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. Jonah will offer a sacrifice of praise unto God. I will pay that that I have vowed. We should not wait till God's judging comes upon us to agree to do his will. Once we know his will, we should immediately seek to act on that will, immediately seek to surrender to that will, and immediately seek to follow and act out that will in our life. We should not wait till we're receiving God's judgment on our life to agree to do his will. It's a little late at that point. When we first know, first get that that inkling of God's will, of God's direction for our life, surrender to it immediately. Then it says, salvation is of the Lord. I will pay that I have vowed. He is saying, I will keep my promise. I will obey God. And then notice that part where it says, I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. It reminds me of that verse in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, where it says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We need to be offering that sacrifice of praise to God. We need to be giving him thanks. We need to be giving him praise. Believers are to offer sacrifices of praise to God. We are to communicate prayer and praise to God. We are to be giving that to God, giving that publicly also as an expression of our thanksgiving, an expression of our thankfulness to God. 
offering a sacrifice of praise to God. Are we doing that with our life? Are we offering that sacrifice of praise? Are we surrendering to God's will for our life? Are we recognizing the sin in our life and repenting of that? Are we, how are we handling pressure-filled situations? Are we poised under pressure? Are we poised under stress? Are we setting that good example for the world and our family? Are we surrendering to God's will for our life? By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Jonah, in the midst of the belly of the great fish, was offering a sacrifice of praise to God. Do we offer God praise in the trial? Do we offer God praise in the midst of that storm? Are we offering God praise with the situation in our life? Whatever it may be, we need to always be showing God and offering Him a sacrifice of praise.